0: This is the RevOps Recruiters Podcast. Episode 22, Why Every RevOps Leader Needs High Emotional
1: Intelligence. Good morning, Adam. How are you? I'm great, David. How are you, man? I'm doing good. We had an interesting experience this week. Okay, tell uh, me about it. So... You know, uh, family tradition when you have young kids uh, is to get out and do something. For us, that's Costco. Nice. And so we were on the drive over to Costco, and my son, who's three, started saying, "I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. There's, there's a monster in Costco." And I was thinking about it, going, "What is he talking about?" And then I realized there was a giant, like fifteen foot witch that moved around, and so like he was terrified, like a Halloween witch. Got it. Witch. Okay. And I'm like, buddy. Don't worry. When we get in there, just close your eyes. I'll tell you when. It'll be fine. Well, guess what? We walk in. The witch is gone, but there's Christmas trees for sale. On August, So we're On, sitting here right yes. now recording. It's
0: August 31st. It's August 31st.
1: And you can buy a Christmas tree at Costco. We were in line to get a hot dog, and we saw Christmas trees, and we're like... How, this seems so off. How long until they're just year round? I <laughs> right. mean, what?
0: I, I don't get it, man. I don't, I, I don't get it, but... So here we are, a couple wow. of days from Christmas. It's 100 <laughs> degrees outside, but you can buy a Christmas tree. <laughs> that's,
1: that's right. That's right. All
0: right. Well, shoot. Christmas will be here before we know it, but gosh, can we not rush it as much? Can we enjoy the fall season first? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. So, well, wow. It? Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get that figured out when the right time, the appropriate time is to to buy a Christmas tree. But welcome to another episode of the RevOps Recruiters Podcast. We're happy to be here. Really, our mission is to provide insights and best practices around finding, hiring, and retaining top revenue operations talent.
1: Yes. Yes. We're your
0: hosts, Adam and David. That's us. So welcome. So let me set the stage a little bit for what we're going to talk about today. Over the course of the podcast, one of the things that we've had peppered through many of the conversations that we have is idea of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we've talked about kind of the hard skills in this role. And then we've talked about emotional intelligence as one of those soft skills that overlays. And really today what we want to do is take a little bit of a deeper dive into that soft skill, into emotional intelligence. And so Today, let's talk about two things. Number one, let's define that a little bit more. What yeah. is emotional intelligence? I know you've got some great ideas around that. So let's unpack that. What is what is emotional intelligence? And then secondly, let's talk about why it's so important in these roles. Yeah. right? I mean, it's really important probably for any leadership role, but specifically, let's apply it to the revenue operations role and how uh, that benefits a leader by having this strong EQ. So- yes. Does that sound good?
1: That sounds great to me. Yeah. let's so. so
0: let's talk about first, help us define emotional intelligence. What does it mean when we talk about that? And I think we've even got some categories, but what do we mean by that? What do we
1: mean? Yeah. So we start with the question, what is emotional intelligence? Well, it's defined as the ability to understand and manage your emotions as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. So that... Self awareness. Uh, self awareness is really where it starts. Okay, um, you know it, it's really broken down in four categories: self awareness, self management, social awareness, and relationship management. So, when we're thinking about self awareness, it's all about less about you know looking at others and more looking at yourself initially, and and really understanding, you know, recognizing that you're an emotional being, and you you know that has an effect on you, and it can dictate your actions, and it has an effect on others around you. So, But it really starts with your own emotional health, your own emotional awareness. And a part of that is getting feedback from others around you, right? What is the best method to learning more about your own emotional well-being and where you are is to invite feedback. Yeah. So that's really where it has to start.
0: Yeah. I, I can't help but think about when you say this self-awareness, I mean, we both have children. Yours are younger than mine right now, but when we are born and when we're young, we don't have a whole lot of self-awareness, right? Yeah. We, we we throw fits in the grocery store aisle because we're not aware that everybody else is around us and we're not self-aware of like, hey, this probably isn't how I should act right now. Yeah. But hopefully as we grow up, as we mature, we gain more self awareness and we understand, okay, th- when this happens, I get these feelings and it wants to cause me to maybe act like a child, but I'm not going to. I'm going to realize that I need to deal with my emotions a little bit different. And so I grow on my self awareness. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we're not acting like children. I love it. Right.
1: You, you mentioned a second component of that kind of the self management side. What do you mean? Absolutely. So, so this is really managing your emotions. So learning, uh, you know, we all go through different situations. We've got mountaintop experiences. We've got experiences in the valley, stressful moments, right? And when we're in these moments, what happens? So this is where self-management comes in, being able to regulate, Mm. right? I think about relational, right? Uh, With a spouse, right? I mean, there's moments where you just, you're challenged because your emotions want to take over. And a lot of times, And I'm guilty of this at times. Emotions dictate behaviors, right? And and it's this self management, the self regulating is hitting the pause button and going, wait a minute, what's actually going on with me right now? Why am I feeling this? As opposed to just outbursting and reacting, right, in an emotional state, but trying to get settled, trying to catch your bearings and going, hold on, time out what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? So the self-management piece is really the next the next part of the overall emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah. And I think about, you know, from a management standpoint, usually when we're new in relationships, whether it's a significant other or it's even in work, usually we manage, think about the honeymoon phase, right? You, you manage those things well. But as we become... More settled in our role. Specifically, I'm talking about now in business. As we become more settled, we can become more comfortable. And if we're not careful, we might find ourselves not managing ourselves well and instead having more of these outbursts, more of these situations where we go, Gosh, I'm so frustrated by this person because over and over and over they continue to push this button and then I ended up losing it. Right. And so we want to manage ourselves well and be that leader who is. Is reliable and consistent in how we manage our emotions over the long haul, not just yeah. in the short term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, you you mentioned something there—the word leadership. You know, we, we're tying this back into this is so critical for leadership in particular. Now, peer to peer, right in 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 lower level roles, yeah, absolutely. Emotional intelligence goes along long way, but when you're leading people, this is this takes it to another level, right? It takes it to a whole nother level. So. The third part is social awareness. So this is, you know, we, we define it as read the room. Um, really being more aware of like what's going on around me, what, what's happening right now. You know, w- this may be a board meeting, this may be a, a monthly meeting, and you've got many different people with emotions in one room. So being able to go, what's happening? What's actually going on? What are the dynamics that are at play, especially in an organizational setting? And, and you have this opportunity to practice empathy, you know, based on what you're seeing. And, and really it's more about the, now you're going from, so it starts with self-awareness, but now you're, you're, you're shifting into, okay, I know what's going on with me. Let me figure out what's going on with other folks. And that is really the key to unlocking that empathy, right? Is the awareness of what's going on with others. And then being able to sit in their seat, putting yourself in their shoes going, wait a minute, okay, I get it, I can see it from their side, Um, and this is, it's part internal and part external, you know, empathy, uh, because the internal piece is really where you try to figure out, okay, what am I actually going to say, what's actually going on, right, instead of just bursting something out or saying something, but then being able to relate to that other person and affirming and empathy goes more into actual external communication with that individual, so, that's number three. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: And, you know, I think about some of the people, the leaders that I've been around who are the most influential on my life mm-hmm. or on the people around them. And they have the ability to see that and understand each person's different. Yeah. And even each situation is different. And there are times when people might be responding poorly, and you've got to take your foot off the pedal a little bit, right? And how you, and there might be times also where they need to push a little bit harder, but they have the awareness to be able to know when to apply that and when to not apply that. So yeah, this is, this is so huge.
1: Yeah. And I also think about the social awareness you're around other people. What is your position? Who are you interfacing with, right? Who's around you and who's, you know, if, if somebody's speaking up and saying something and it's going sideways, what, what can you do? Do to mitigate and protect others. It's almost like you're a champion for others, right? When you take this role of an empathy approach as help helping others regulate as well. So it's a really it's such a critical role. So the fourth part is really relationship management, and and this is where you're you know we're acknowledging hey the ability to influence coach and mentor are others and resolve conflict effectively. Like I said, you may be in a, in a board meeting and things start going sideways. Well, what can you do to be that true North, to be the calm in the storm and to resolve that and, and, and have a, an effective meeting. And that requires someone who's emotionally intelligent. So, yeah, I think, I mean, relationship is really about two people, not just yeah. one person. Right. And That's so right.
0: if you're managing that well, you understand your component of that relationship, but also the other person's component of the relationship and both of those matter. So now that's great. Well, this is a, i mean, I think that's a great foundation for what emotional intelligence is. And I would, I would say that most leaders would strive to say, I want to have a large portion of emotional intelligence. I want to be self-aware. I want to be able to manage myself well. I want to be able to have awareness of those around me, that social awareness. And then I also want to be able to manage relationships well. So let's transition to now talking about how does this apply specifically to RevOps leaders? And I think it's some of these things they are probably going to be similar to leaders across really any organization in any function. But as we think about RevOps leaders, we think about there's some specific roles that they play, and we're not talking about the hard skills, yeah. but specifically things that they're trying to bring to that organization. So we've got three ideas that we want to unpack here. Let's start with this idea of influence. RevOps leaders are all about having a level of influence in the organization. So what do we mean and how does how does uh, this emotional intelligence play a role in how a RevOps leader has
1: influence? Yeah. Well, the core core mission of what RevOps brings to the table is we want to take the organization from point A to point B. There's massive change, massive transformation. So, and this is in different layers of the organization. So we label this at up, you know, you're managing up, you're managing out, and you're managing down. And so emotional intelligence applies to each part of the organization. It applies to up, which is C-suite and board. It applies to out, which is go-to-market leadership, right? You have your VPs that you're collaborating with, not necessarily reporting to. So there's a critical piece, you know, a a big reason why you need to be emotional intelligent in those relationships. Up, you need to have emotional intelligence. And then also at a lower level where the RevOps leader is, is in the trenches with reps, with marketing, with CS. Working to enable, working to coach, train. How do we get adoption? Right when we think about revops, a lot of it is adoption. You know, into the, in in the system, right? Technology, process, um, and 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 people and data. How do we how do we adopt new practices? And so, at each level of the organization, there's a huge need for an emotional intel- intelligent leader mm. to influence and actually. Move the needle, right? Move the needle on the transformation. Um, and so you have different types of personalities at all those levels. And the RevOps leader, I see the RevOps leader as the central piece in the go-to-market function, right? This leader that is almost, almost an independent leader that is applied to all the different parts of the organization because we're, we're wanting to go as wide as possible, at all times when we're we're approaching RevOps, as holistic, right, the keyword holistic. We wanna go holistic. Well, you have to have somebody who's (laughs) applying themselves to every part, every part of the organization, and you're dealing with a laundry list of different personalities. And so, you know, what we talked about above, the self-aware, being able to regulate, being able to manage, seeing others, that's a very strategic approach um, that requires someone who's emotionally intelligent.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think about, you've mentioned that each one of these situations being different, but if you're in, if you're sitting in, in the C-suite or you're sitting with the board, they're not looking for someone just to respond back with the yes person answers. They want someone who is going to be confident in how they communicate. That's going to, challenge when it's appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Not in a not in a mean or uh a divisive way, but to say, hey, that may not be actually true. And and so in that inf- in that area, you've got to have influence to be able to sit at the table with the C suite and with the board and be mm-hmm. able to have influence there. But then if you're talking about go-to-market leaders, I mean those folks there might you've got dynamics at play. Some might see themselves as being a step above that leader. Some mm-hmm. might see themselves as peers. Other might see themselves below that. And you've got to be able to read the room with that leader and and have the influence there to essentially help them get from where they are now. You've already Mm -hmm. said it from where they Mm -hmm. are now to where that leader needs to go. And then this is going to definitely hear from other contributors on the team. They're going to get a Zoom request, an email, a phone call from someone who's just in marketing or who's in sales, who's saying, I don't understand this, or this isn't working for me, or this thing's broken. And maybe there's going to be some emotion with that. Yeah. And that leader's got to be able to influence through that situation as well. So it's up, out, and down. Very rarely, David, are we dealing with folks that are coming in and they they have a uh, an entire team that they're leading. So- They're really influencing in situations where organizationally on an org chart, it doesn't look like they have a influence there, but they're having to influence all those people because
1: of who they are as a leader and the role they play within the organization. Yeah. A lot of relationship management, I mean, getting to know these different personas, building that trust, building those relationships, that's a lot of the groundwork of a a leader coming in, applying themselves and saying, hey, here's the value that I'm going to bring to you. Mr. VP of Marketing, or Miss VP of Marketing, whoever, right? And 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 that takes someone who's just really aware of where they are uh, emotionally, and then the communication, which is our next part. Right, communication comes along with that, right? The way you talk to the CEO is going to be different than the way you talk to the SDR right the 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 mode of communication the uh the way that you have the the cadence right so when we think about communication you know we start with reading the room and i think about again taking us back to earlier the the boardroom or you know the the uh the leadership meeting mm-hmm. meeting with the elt it's knowing when and how to speak up and I mean that that's that's one of the key pieces here is is to know yourself and you know not be afraid to challenge but when is it appropriate to challenge right it's some people have it's it's a natural ability to challenge and speak up and 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 poke the bear that's that comes natural for some folks but then it's not always the the right time it's not always the right time so when is the right time and that's that's when you really have to sit down and 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 develop out this skill set to be more aware. Um, yeah. Then we kind of move into the uh, the 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 proactive versus reactive communication, and that's you know I mentioned earlier the cadence, the methodology. Um, you know, one of the key pieces is regular communication. Uh, you know, if if you're not regular communicating with all parts of the organization, things start falling through the cracks and trust starts breaking down. So having that regular cadence is so critical. Having a methodology, how are you communicating, right? There's different ways to communicate with different leaders, right? Yeah, and
0: applying the right one at the right time, right? Even exactly.
1: even within a team, if you're, if you're working with a group of
0: SDRs, you might find that one of them responds better to written, send me an email, right? Yeah. Send me a Slack notification. Just yeah. send that to me. Another may be the person that you've got to pick up the phone and have the conversation verbally with that individual, right? And so having the emotional intelligence allows this leader to realize not everyone's created equal and I'm not going to communicate the same thing in the same way to every single person. I might have to communicate it
1: in different ways to different people. It's like dealing with a customer, right? When we're, as a business, we're thinking about how's the customer thinking? What does the customer prefer? What's the best way to reach this individual? You know, we even may ask the question. How would you like me to communicate with you? Wow, that's a brilliant question. What works best for you? (laughs) What works best? So, a part of this is just asking the right questions, right? Being intentional about we're going to be proactive. We're not going to be reactive. We're going to ask the right questions. Hey, uh, my partner, CRO, how do you want me to communicate with you? Mm. Right. And then also knowing when not to shoot off that email. That's another part of this is you, you may want to share an exciting piece of news. You may want to share, you, you may have to share some negative news. Sure. Uh, but writing an email might not be the most effective way. So what is the effective way to communicate this message, um, to actually get, to actually make impact with that individual. And so thinking through all of that is,
0: is yeah, I think that's great. Important. I mean, how many times have any of us sat down and we start to write an email and we realize, I probably shouldn't send this. Either one, I'm in my own feelings and I need to process this a little bit better. Or what I'm trying to communicate here may be misinterpreted or may not be communicated the best over written form. So it's probably better that I pick up in the phone or I meet with this person in person, face-to-face. That emotional intelligence allows someone to realize something has to be communicated here, but how I communicate it matters. Yeah. there's a huge amount of value in how I share this piece of information yeah. and how this individual is going to receive it. So I love yeah. that. That's a great, great part of that EQ side as a communication. So let's talk about the third one here. Mm-hmm. Just talk about impact, right? Obviously, if this, if these roles, if this RevOps leader isn't having impact, then why are they there, yeah. right? They've got to be driving impact, but how that occurs really, really matters. So unpack a few of the ideas underneath this.
1: Yeah. We kind of, we kind of talked about it a little bit. It starts with, you know, the first kind of option is the reactive approach, which is, uh, which is anti-strategic. It's just, all right, as it comes up, we'll tackle it, right? The wind blows west. We're going west. The wind blows us east. We're going east. And you're more, you're, you're kind of just succumbing to whatever's happening at any time. There's not really any intentionality behind that. You're not really proactive, so you're more reactive. That's the first one. Yeah. The, next, the next approach is the dictatorship, where you're basically saying it's my way or the highway. You know, And we've, we've all worked for folks like this, and we've come face-to-face with situations like this where an individual is just saying we are gonna change, but it's going to be the way I want it to happen. And if anybody challenges me, you're off the bus. If you don't like it, you're out of yeah, here. you're out. And you've got bodies behind you, right? That yeah. is That is, that that is terrible, a terrible approach to culture, and it leaves people, it leaves bodies. I mean, it um, may
0: get you impact.
1: Right. Yeah, it may. It may help the bottom line.
0: It may increase sales. It may drive revenue. At what cost? But at what cost? You're leaving a wake of destruction behind you most likely.
1: That's right. That's right. So the third one, which again rounds out, you know, it includes that emotional intelligence, and this is the diplomatic approach. We coin it as a diplomatic approach, which really allows you to be more of that empathetic leader. It, it You have this realization of, hey, there is a need for change. We know we need to change, uh, but we also acknowledge that it's emotional it's not as easy as just do this and don't ask questions and just suppress your emotions there's going to be varying levels of you know emotions in the organization some people are going to be you know more on board others are going to be more change averse and so you're having to navigate that but it's really balancing both of them and going what is the most sustainable way to achieve this transformation without cutting people down right yeah. without ignoring people's real emotions and how can we build an effective plan to actually achieve a win-win yeah and that's the bottom line um and so it really does end with this hey we know both of these things are here what is the diplomatic approach let's create a plan that takes into account both of these things and let's let's get everyone aligned let's get the organization united around this this common goal and uh and hope that it's effective yeah, right. I love how so Chip and
0: Dan Heath wrote a book a number of years ago ago called Switch, and they talk about the elephant, the rider, and the path. And so the elephant is the emotional side of it, the rider is the intellectual side of it, and the path is the process of how you're going to get there. And if you don't have all three of those, if you try to address any one of those by themselves, it's not enough to drive real lasting change. So a real empathetic diplomatic leader understands there's an emotional side. There's an intellectual side, and then there's a path and a plan and a strategy that goes with it. And they can balance all those together to drive change. And I love that. David, this has been fantastic. I think that kind of diving into this deeper, is just helpful for folks. Sometimes we hear EQ and we wonder, well, what does that really mean? Or how does it apply to this role? And I think you've done a great job of unpacking that idea today. So appreciate all your thoughts. It's been great. Enjoyed it. Yeah, man.
1: Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the RevOps Recruiters Podcast. If you found the information in this episode helpful, please consider subscribing. You can do that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you have comments or suggestions for future podcasts, we'd love to hear them. Please put those in the comments section on YouTube. Finally, if you're looking to hire your first or next RevOps leader, we'd love to help. You can connect with us through our website at www.revsearch.io. Thanks again for listening.